From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. Welcome to the latest edition of Market Signals Podcast, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark Savicki, Chief Investment Officer of LPL Financial. Joining me today is our uh, esteemed fixed income strategist, Lawrence Gillum. Fresh off uh, maybe a week off uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Was it, Lawrence, a full week off? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. I do. Uh, I did have a, a week off. I appreciate that. It was nice to decompress, get away for markets. Although I did have my Bloomberg terminal on the entire time, so I didn't take a, a complete step away. But uh, it was good to to kind of decompress a little bit. Uh, Happy New Year, uh, by the way. Oh, happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone here. As we as we kick this Market Signals podcast off in, in the new series for 2023, this is Tuesday, January 3rd. And, yeah, and indeed, Happy New Year to you, Lawrence, and, and everyone within LPL Research and also the entire audience out there. Um, thanks for joining us again. Uh, what we hope to accomplish is really talk a little bit, you know, later, a couple of slides later in talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve and, and what their plans may be for for 2023 and how that may um, impact, you know, markets as we begin to look out the early months and the, the early FOMC meetings for the early part of, of this year. But last week's key drivers, in reality, not a whole lot happened last week. Trading volume was light across the board, whether it's the bond market or the equity market. So there's not a whole lot you can take away from what happened in the market last week. You know, house prices have continued to decelerate, um, you know, down month over month by, you know, a half a percent uh, down, still up year over year, but in a decelerating fashion. Um the core logic uh, 20 city uh, house price index was, was up 8.64% year over year, but down from the prior month when there was up 10% uh, 10%, you know, in change. Pending home sales were down uh, 4% month over month and, and a big 39%, you know, year over year. So the housing market clearly has, has slowed, you know, again, you know, thank the Federal Reserve policy for that. Just thank a a hot housing market that was bound to cool for that as well. Manufacturing activity last week was weaker. Um, initial jobless claims continue to be relatively stable at, at 225K. And as we mentioned, trading volume was low. Across capital markets last week, um, again, not a whole lot to take away from what happened last week, given the volume uh, the the U.S. equity market was, you can call it, relatively flat during the course of, of last week. Still some relative strength in European equity markets. Uh, perhaps people are continuing to price in a little bit of an eventual, um, uh, you know, kind of an inflation deceleration at some point during the course of, of early part of next year in, in Europe. So that, you know, Europe continues to get a, a relative bid, um, some some general positive elements are continuing to happen outside of the uh, outside of the U.S. and, and equity markets as well. We still uh, are are we're still favoring U.S. equity markets. We think that's the right place to be. We're we're not completely convinced that 
um, a definitive recovery in non-U.S. markets is going to be sustainable. We'll see how that develops over the course of the next, you know, couple months into the new year. Turning to you, Lawrence, on on the on the bond market, you know, not a whole lot to to write home about in 2022, and and kind of a light volume last week. So how, how do you how do you parse things now? Yeah, for sure, it was uh, the. Uh, Maybe a fitting into the year last week as bond markets ended negative, just how they started the year negative. And uh, 2022 is going to end up being the worst year by far for core bonds, core bonds as measured by the aggregate bond index there, down 13% for this year. So uh, it's not a it's not a good year for sure. But we do think with, with these negative returns, higher yields, we do think the opportunity set for fixed income has improved. But uh, as it relates to last week, we probably saw some some window dressing given the, the negative returns that we experienced throughout 2022. Maybe some uh, portfolio managers out there want to reduce their exposure to fixed income, maybe have an easier conversation with clients reducing that fixed income allocation. Uh, and we were seeing yields today uh, move lower. So maybe there there was a, a technical bid out there on uh, over the past week, but certainly that's reversed this week, but uh, certainly not a good week, month, year, or uh, or, you know, or, or any, frankly, anything for for twenty twenty two for fixed income markets. Yeah, and, and commodity markets last week, you know, not a whole lot to write home about here either. Um, relatively, you know, mixed. Uh, energy was under some some semblance of pressure. Oil pressures, oil prices have been under, a, you know, a bit of pressure over the last you know several months or so. Um, if we look at the you know economic calendar for this week. Uh, the data is really going to be driven by the FOMC minutes, which come out tomorrow, um, ADP employment survey, and also uh, the overall you know non-farm payrolls and U.S. jobs report, which will come out you know on Friday. Here, you know, the Federal Reserve is going to be looking for um, continued weakness in in jobs, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, on, on a non-U.S. basis and economic data, some, some import price numbers from Germany, uh, producer, producer prices from the Eurozone, and also CPI from the Eurozone as well are probably some of the key things to watch out for. Manufacturing activity continues to be relatively weak in Germany and the Eurozone, which is not necessarily... You know, surprising. We get another manufacturing orders number out of Germany um, later on in in that week. Um, as we look ahead uh, to key issues this week, we mentioned the FOMC meeting minutes for the December fourteenth meeting due out on uh, Wednesday, which is tomorrow as we record this. Um, Lawrence, again, turning to you on the FOMC as we dissect what the Federal Reserve is likely going to give us in the early months of this year. What do you think the meeting, the, the meeting minutes are, are going to say? Yeah, for sure. So in December, the Federal Reserve released their updated summary of economic projections. This is where they uh, pr provide their expectations for economic growth, inflation, interest rates, et cetera. So there's likely to be some conversation around those numbers. We've talked about this internally. Maybe some of these these numbers that they've released, some of these economic numbers that they've released, may not really conform to reality. Uh, so we'll have to see some some of those discussions uh, that they've that have taken place within the committee. What kind of disagreements they've they've had within the the committee as it relates to uh, the the terminal rate for the Fed funds rate, where inflation is headed over the course of of 2023. 
the labor market, how hot is that going to be in, in 2023? Uh, so there's a, there should be some, uh, shouldn't be any surprises. I'll say that. But there should be some some decent information that comes out tomorrow with the release of these meeting minutes. So, so do you imagine there'll be call it further indications that the Fed is likely going to pause or pivot here, or or, or they're going to bring their interest rate increase increases to an end in the early part of uh, this year? Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, well, I think that's a that's a fantastic point because if you think about some of the conversations that the Fed officials were having leading up to that December meeting. There was really a bifurcation between Fed officials of, of doing too much and doing too little in terms of rate hikes. So we'll see if uh, any of that is is, uh, is is parsed out as well. Um, but frankly, it really comes down to Chairman Powell, uh, Leo Brainerd, and and the uh, Fed president of the, of the New York Fed. Uh, those are the three important ones. So they can have all these discussions, but really it's up to what those three think primarily uh, to see what how they're thinking about monetary policy. But uh, we did see a lot of agreement as it relates to interest rate hikes in 2023. If you looked at the dot plot, uh, there was, a, there was I think, uh, 15 to 17 that were above 5% or close to 5%. So there was a lot of agreement in that dot plot report, but that maybe there's some additional conversation that goes into those, those dot plot expectations because coming into that meeting, there were some disagreements. Yeah. And, and when we look at the non-farm payrolls number on Friday and the employment rate of 3.7 percent, you know, we're getting some deceleration in terms of the, the, the strength in, in the U.S. jobs market. Um, is is that is that enough? I mean, do you, do you think that, that we're going to get um, or going to need to see in terms of if we were Federal Reserve uh, members? Um, we're going to need to see more weakness in the jobs market for the Fed to actually pivot in, in early 2023? That's what they've told us. The job market has remained almost stubbornly strong. Uh, so the, the Fed has said that they want to see some cooling in the job market. The If, if the, the jobs number comes in at or maybe even below expectations, we have that $200,000 or $200,000 a job growth number there on the screen. If it comes in around that number or maybe even slightly below that number, we could see a rally in risk assets because that because that could indicate that maybe the Fed is going to pause or is going to be able to take their their foot off the brake over the course of 2023. Yeah, yeah. And and as we as we set the stage for for Fed policy, or at least the, the current outlook for Fed um, interest rate policy in the in the early stages of 2023. We take a look here um, at the Fed funds futures market, and, and we we spotlighted this today again, Tuesday, the January 3rd, as of 9:30 uh, a.m. that morning Eastern time. It looked to us that um, that the markets were pricing in a rate hike in February on the February 1st meeting and the March 22nd meeting. Uh, and then that may be it for a while in terms of Fed policy into the back half of the year um, where markets are actually pricing in uh, a rate cut in November and December and another one in January 2024. It, it, is that is that in accordance with the way we think about it, you know, Lawrence, in our in our asset allocation meetings, and and how do you think the market's going to digest this if this does come to pass? 
Yeah, for sure. That is consistent with how we're thinking about markets. And if you take a step back, the Federal Reserve has been such an important story throughout 2022, such a headwind for risk assets, for bond markets. So coming into 2023, we still think the Fed's going to be a story, just not as big a story as it was last year because of the fact that they've done so much already. If you think about what the Fed has already done, it's already been one of the most aggressive rate hiking campaigns since the 80s. Uh, you know, we're, the Fed started with the Fed funds rate close to zero. It's at four and a half percent now. Uh, so markets, I think, we think are rightly pricing in a slowdown in these rate hikes over the course of these next two meetings. We think 25 basis points in, in February is probably appropriate. March is still a wild card. You know, they could go 25. They could they could pause at that point. Uh, you know, we've been told. Milton Friedman told us this a long time ago that these rate hikes act with a long and variable lag. Uh, so to to I mean, we haven't seen the impact of these rate hikes through the real economy yet. Housing market, yes, that's that's certainly been or is one of the most interest rate sensitive parts of the economy. But the rest of the economy, you could argue, hasn't really felt these higher interest rates. So the Fed, we think, doesn't want to overdo it and unnecessarily cause a deep recession if they don't have to. So maybe 50 basis points more this year, and then pause uh, throughout the summer months into the, the, the back half of the year. And then we'll we think that we'll see how they go from there, maybe even a, a cut or two. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to, I'll take the equity side of the coin here. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with a fixed income side. I mean, we've talked in our asset allocation committee meetings about the Fed certainly being a headwind definitively in 2022 for for risky asset prices. And we think, at least from a sentiment perspective, uh, the pause and eventual reversal in some of the Fed rate hikes, perhaps in the latter half or the latter portion of this year, uh, could actually be a sentiment tailwind of, of at least it's it's going to be less bad, if you will, um, for 2023. And that may be beneficial for um, equity prices. And that's how we think. Um, that's why we call ourselves cautiously constructive on the equity market for for 2023. Um, probably going to get gains as we see it in our S&P 500 target for this year. Um, so that's the equity backdrop. You know, Lawrence, what what is the expectation for fixed income? Yeah, for sure. The, the bond market has priced in a a softening tone for the the Federal Reserve over the course of 2023. So if the Fed does follow this market implied rate hiking campaign that we that we're showing on the screen, we could see risk asset high yield assets plus sector assets rally because of the of the less of a headwind as you mentioned for for, for those types of of securities as well. In the Treasury market, you know I, I think that there's a lot of of these rate hikes already priced in certainly in the front end of of yield curves. Um, so if, if there is a pause or even cuts coming, we could see the front end of the rally, uh, front of the yield curve rally, the curve steepen, et cetera. So um, the 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 headwind that was prevalent last year for because of this the Federal Reserve is we think just going to be a tailwind or less of a headwind for all asset classes uh, over the course of this year. A couple comments real quick just on the Federal Reserve, just the the composition of the Federal Reserve. We don't talk about this a lot, but Every calendar year, they rotate uh, committee members in and off the committee. Uh, so this year is no different. And they're rotating in on a net-net basis. So uh, when you look at the committee members that are coming off the committee and then those ones that are coming onto the committee, net-net, 
we are going to see a more dovish makeup of the committee. So fewer individuals on the, the committee that are uh, overly aggressive that want to continue to hike rates. Uh, so we we could see some softening in the language throughout 2023 just because of the makeup of the committee is going to change. Yeah, I mean that that's, that is a that is a great point, and and um, yeah, I, I you know people like to people like to say that the reserve is not necessary is is an independent body, and and, and it may or may not be, but I mean certainly the influence of of given members uh, on the board uh, is material to how how the Federal Reserve moves through its interest rate decisions. Um, so just kind of stepping back, maybe Lawrence, you know, taking fixed income out of it, taking equity out of it for a moment, and you know, we're we're all investors here. Um, so if I'm if I'm contrasting 2023 relative to 2022, am I feeling pretty good? Am I failing? Kind of. I mean, am I am I am I not? You know, what what um, what what would you say to that? Yeah, no, we, we think the worst is behind us in, in most markets, uh, certainly equity market and the fixed income markets as it relates to these interest rate pressures. You know, the, the bond market, as we just talked about, worst year ever uh, for, for fixed income, for core fixed income, because of one of the most aggressive rate hiking campaigns ever, or at least since the early 80s. So with that behind us, bond market's not going to have as much, uh, you know, interest rate pressures on these, these securities. Uh, so that should allow... Dare I say, you know, the, the the boring bond market to come back to life uh, because last year was anything but boring. Uh, we do think that over the course of these next 12 months, uh, you know, I'll take a boring bond market any day of the year. But we do think that this uh, 2023 is going to be more of that boring bond market that we've experienced pre-2022. Yeah, and as we've talked about in this forum before, it's... it's um... Uh, for those income-oriented investors, now may be a, a unique and important time to take down some fixed income exposure um, is, is one thing that we would be uh, looking to do in 2023. Um, uh, in our Strategic and Tactical Asset Allocation Committee, we certainly watch this stuff on a weekly basis, and we are forecasting a little bit of a better year in 2023 based on a little bit more of a tailwind from the Federal Reserve in terms of uh, how investors should should think about their exposures. That should benefit bond prices. It should benefit equity prices, you know, as well. Um, the 60-40 portfolio is not dead, um, so um, we would we would take that home as well. So, with that in mind, Lawrence, uh, we'll bring this Market Signals podcast to a close. It's the first one for 2023. I want to thank you for uh, joining me today, and and um, I'm sure we'll see you out throughout the balance of 2023 in this forum multiple times. And I want to also thank the audience um, for joining us as well, uh, not only for this issue, but also future editions of the Market Signals podcast. We hope to bring you some good stuff weekly. Um, happy New Year, and, and thanks for joining. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally 
regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposit or obligations, and may lose value.